find the baller. My life is more than money and jewelry. My story's so crazy, dog. I said make a movie behind the baller. I went from playing sports to exotic whips. Ain't gotta tell me, dog. I know I'm the shit behind the baller. My life is more than money and jewelry. My story's so crazy, dog. I said make a movie behind the baller. I went from music exec to this podcast. Now I finally feel at home and laugh behind the baller. Yo, yo. <laughs> You already know what the fuck it is. This is going to be a whole different type of episode. And this ain't my thing, man. Just so you guys know, I don't beef on like podcasts and shit. You know, I go on my rants and I say my things about, you know, whether it be the police or Donald Trump or things that I don't like. But for the most part, you know, I'm spitting about how I'm living, what I'm doing, you know, outside of jewelry, you know, how I am as a father, businessman, all those things, you know what I'm saying? So this is going to be a little different. I just want, before I even intro the show, I want you motherfuckers to know that Ben Humble is not going to be making an appearance on this episode. I apologize for all you guys. All right. So let's get right into this motherfucking show. You are listening to Behind the Baller podcast. I am your host, Ben fucking baller. All right. Yo, they call me the Forrest Gump of hip-hop because I've been around this shit all my life, okay? I'm not some fake blogger, some dude who got no culture in hip-hop, no knowledge of hip-hop, has nothing constructive, nothing beneficial to say at all whatsoever in regards to hip-hop. Look, man, I can't even call you academics anymore. I can't fucking believe your name is Livingston, Bro, you were born in the 90s and your parents named you Livingston? Bro, really? For real? Man, bro, dog, listen. You are a fucking weenie. I'm going to keep it all the way 1,000. You talking to a motherfucking dude who was born and raised in Koreatown, Los Angeles, in K-Town, ran up in gang culture all my life. I'm a product of my environment. I didn't grow up around no Koreans. I didn't grow up around no Asians, bro. You should do some motherfucking research, like for real. Don't ask no motherfucker who's 22 years old or 26. Ask a motherfucker that's over 35 about me walking the streets of L.A. From motherfucking Watts to Compton, Linwood, any hood, South Central Los Angeles. My store rides right, motherfucking right next to fucking Nipsey Hussle's store. In fact, you know what? Hold on, academics. Yo, Miles, do me a favor, please. Can you pull up that clip real quick? Uh, and the crazy thing is, Nipsey Hussle, one of the most respected men in hip-hop, rest in peace, was a friend of mine. This was a dear friend of mine for over a decade. This is my boy. And he kept it 100. So right now, Miles, play me a clip real quick about Nipsey talking about how he felt about academics. DJ Academics is a meatball to me, so he, he says stuff. He says some stuff about Chicago, rub me the wrong way. Yeah, he's a buster. He's he, a weirdo. It, it, Nick, niggas will whoop his ass in real life. He, just, he, behind the, he behind the camera, and you guys just let clowns be clowns, man. Like yeah. I, was, I, was on, I was on Everyday Struggle, mm-hmm. and I walked out just because, you know, I just, I'm not a clown. I don't, I, don't, I don't come from that world of, like, you make jokes about, we used to fuck niggas up. Excuse me, are we live? We used to fuck niggas up for trying to film fights right? Yeah. in the hood. Yeah. Nigga, you fight. What you doing with the camera? We gonna make you fight, nigga. Yeah. Fuck wrong with you, boy. Yeah. We ain't covering no drama. That's called instigating. Right. And what's up with you? Why you at it, nigga? Right. So, you know, niggas like him get weeded out quick. He, he got a little internet run he going on, but, you know, we just got to... Let himself destruct because he he's on the path. All right, check it out, Livingston Allen, bro. I don't give a fuck if you Jamaican, whatever the made. You know, what, bro, you have me so fucked up. I'm gonna tell you something. I can't believe I got you that mad. First of all, and you got problems. You should go to motherfucking AA or some shit. Okay, let me straighten you out. All right, my first job in Hollywood, in the business, was at a fucking Jamaican restaurant. All right. Owned by a black man. A black man who had just won the motherfucking Oscar for Best Actor for the movie Malcolm X. You might have heard of this dude. His name is Denzel Washington. And also Norm Nixon and Debbie Allen. And also black socialite Brad Johnson. Okay. In fact, it's so funny because Norm Nixon is not only just a legendary clipper and laker. Dude ended up being my manager for a little bit. But that's above and beyond. I worked in a Jamaican restaurant. 
I DJ Jada Pinkett's birthday at this place. I did the Black Oscar party two or three years in a row. I was born in it. It wasn't like I was hanging out some shit trying to be somebody I wasn't. Like I said, I was a product of my environment. I've been around black people all my life. You know what I'm saying? You sound stupid as fuck, Livingston. Like, do you realize my wealth advisor, okay? My wealth advisor, my CPA is black. A black man from South Carolina who still lives in South Carolina, okay? All right, my tax attorney and my fucking money manager, advisor, and handles all my day-to-day business shit, all my taxes, everything, is a black Muslim. His name is Suleiman. Like, bro, you know how fucked up, how stupid you sound? What have I done for the black community? You know what? I tell people all the time I don't like to talk about it. And I brought it up a few times here and there. But because people are listening to this episode and they're so uninformed and it's so fucking stupid, yeah, man. People ask me all the time, what's your connection to Seattle? Why are you in Seattle all the time? Besides the fact that, you know, my relatives live there. You know what I'm saying? My wife was born there. You know, shout out to Federal Way. I owned a nonprofit organization, an electronic recycling company. It was a nonprofit called Friendly Earth. And you know what we did? We donated millions. In the seven years that I owned this, this nonprofit, we donated millions. And to mostly where? The inner city, with 73% black kids going to these schools, donated computers, electronic items, uh, tablets, things like that, built computer rooms for these schools. I did that in Koreatown too. I didn't do it in the Asian areas until later. And a lot of Asians gave me shit about it, but it was about what needed more help at the time. So Livingston, you have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. Bro, you don't even know that I got way more accolades in the hip-hop game than you do. I got 21 platinum albums. Those albums include people like Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Jay-Z, fucking Master P. Like, bro, who the fuck have you worked with and done anything that really did? 6 9 bro, get the fuck out of here. Yo, you know it's bad when two Jewish dudes clown on you. And I got nothing but love for my boys. It's the real. If you want to listen to some real hip-hop shit... Listen to them. Listen to their podcast and all their shit that they do. It's the real great guys. All right. They've been in this podcast game since the beginning. When they're sunning you, like academics, bro, it's bad. Like it's quiet for you, bro. When, when dudes who really listen to real boom bap shit, you know, you probably don't know shit about your own people's music, bro. It's crazy. You probably don't know shit about Grover Washington Jr., Donald Byrd, The Meters, the JBs. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, have you even fucking know like 10 Earth, Wind, and Fire songs? I'm being real with you. Oh, no, hold on. You're Jamaican. Okay. Bro, stop it. Motherfucker, I know more about Paolo Bantan, Steel Pulse, Beanie Man, Barrington Levy, Cuddy Ranks. I, bro, Cuddy Ranks was signed to my fucking label, man. Like, bro, I've been listening to the fucking reggae dance hall, Shaka Demas and Pliers, all this shit. Man, Born Jamaicans was on my boy's label. I've been fucking with all that shit forever. Bro, you have no taste in music. I already know. It's like, you just terrible right that shit's crazy as fuck you make me laugh sometimes like when i look at all this shit that freddie when freddie was washed what he washed you by the way freddie gibbs washed the fuck out of you i don't nobody could ever see it any other way all right i just laughed i thought this shit was funny okay but you kept going at freddie like yo i want any rapper to go see my tax returns and this and that but bro you ain't balling like that everyday struggle ain't paying you like that you're doing a little stupid ass fucking what is it uh Fashion Nova ads and all this other bullshit, bro. Get the fuck out of here. Don't try to flex. You really? Academics, bro? You fucking DJing bingo fucking parties? Stop it. All right? I just seen your last video where you screaming at me talking about you take advantage of hip-hop, African-American. Bro, you know how stupid you fucking sound? Do you know that 99% of the DMs of people that are relevant in music today or black that were DMing me like, yo, bro, this, take this dude out. This dude is fucking terrible. He, he is really bad. We don't claim this dude. All right. And as you're screaming, you're sitting in this fucking gaming chair, you probably got gifted, and there's a crack in your door. Bro, how you live in lavish, you got a big ass crack in your door? Huh? I'm just curious, bro. And I don't even, the people think people, because they see me, they think jewelry, and I really try not to post that much jewelry. But you know what? I just finished Jay Balvin's chain. Oh, whoa. Wait a second. Is he a black rapper? Nah, he's not. So let me straighten you out real quick. You said tracks 
exposed me. Everything Track said was a lie. In fact, I had Tracks on my podcast. So if you listen to this, Livingston, Tracks is on my podcast. And then when he pulled up to my hotel, you know what? I ain't going to lie to you. I'm appreciate you know, that he was a man enough to pull up. But I'll be real with you. When he seen me, he was like, you know, I could tell he was a little nervous. I was with my boy Jimmy Boy and whatever, and he thought that he was going to get jumped. And I said, nah, bro, let's address this shit like man, boom, and, and we handled our biz. But everything he said about me was wrong. His beef was with Flawless, with Greg. But I straightened him out real quick, and there's nothing, and it's all good. Let me tell you something real quick. He didn't say shit that was factual. The motherfucker didn't expose me. The fuck is you talking about? Now, if you want to go back to jewelry and stuff, you know how fucking crazy you sound? You know, I'm booked. Ever since I started my private appointment meeting thing, January 2017, do you realize, and the funny thing is that numbers, that month is relevant to what we're about to talk about right now. So that's three and a half years ago. I put a private appointment thing on there and you got to get a $100,000 chain and you got to pay the whole amount up front, not 50 down, whatever, boom, and it's 100000 up front. And you know what? I got fucking 21 fucking jobs. And you know what I did? I refunded 19 of them. I was like, man, fuck this shit. So I started figuring out what I wanted to do. And you want to know something? Out of those 21 jobs, guess how many people were black? Just take a wild fucking guess. All right? Three. Okay? And I'll be real with you, man. Like, bro, I'm booked until April 2021 right now. And when I did my Takashi Murakami releases and I did my collabs and I did six pieces here, five pieces here. And there, do you know that the only black person that bought something was Lil Yachty? And he'll tell you straight up. Lil Yachty will tell you for five years or for however long he's been popping, three years, four years. He's asked me, hey, man, when can I get a chain? When can I get a chain? And it was like some bullshit political shit behind it. But I did never made Yachty a custom chain. You know, when he was going to every fucking jeweler, people got me fucked up like and Yachty will tell you straight up, yeah, man, Ben was on some shit, man. He didn't want to. And I was real selective about who I, you know, make jewelry for. So whether you think my fan base is which way or the other, you have to understand. I've done more than I've done for any other race in my life. And especially in the last few months for black people. All right, let's start off with the fucking George Floyd family with the 25 grand that went to them. Let's start off with the bailout, another 5,000 there. Let's start out with the charity auction I just did recently for my error card, and I gave it to what? 100 Black Men of Atlanta, the charity organization, 100 Black Men of Atlanta. What they do is they mold and stimulate young black men, young black kids. It's an extracurricular thing. You know, they go there after school and they get molded so they can fucking be career driven, you know what I'm saying? And be steered in the right direction, right? And that's not even all the shit that I've donated to. I have a fucking Black Lives Matter card coming out. I changed a fucking baseball card on tops in a, I try to make a political statement when they didn't want me to in a certain way. And I changed the whole card and made Cal Ripken all black. I made the whole card black. I got a Jackie Robinson card that's coming up that I'm going to be donating even more to. What the fuck have you done besides steal from the fucking dorms, bro? Really, man? And then how about contributing to the death of other black men in Chicago and then laughing and then instigating and doing all the shit? And Nipsey just said this shit on the interview, like, rest in peace, bro. Like, you sound stupid as fuck. One of the craziest parts about the whole jewelry shit is... I'm overcharging, bro. Do you realize I've built a luxury brand? I've been in this game for fucking 15 and a half years, all right? I've built a luxury brand. My namesake, my brand, I don't have no small shit. Like, you hear Rolex, you hear Cartier, you hear Tiffany, and you know what? Every single head of those companies, they know me. Do they know most of the fucking uh, the jewelers on Instagram? They don't. That's the flex. That's the real shit. I won Jewel of the Year two years in a row. You know what's funny? Probably could have won the third year, all right? When they asked me to be nominated to submit the thing, I was like, man, I'm cool. I'm straight. I don't need it. And that's, there's definitely a one-sided thing on there, right? And I already brought up the issue, and people know this on Twitter and other places. I said, why aren't there any black jewelers? Some racist shit going involved. And I'm trying to get a fucking, you know, some apprenticeships going on when I free up some time. COVID's got me fucked up, but I've been so fucking behind. Do you realize that, a majority of my big clients are Arabs and Koreans and Chinese people. I'm just saying, did you know that? You know, I'm just curious. And, you know, not to take away from what 
me and Cuddy have done, and that's my dog. And if you want to get mad at Kid Cuddy spending with me, you should get mad at him spending with St. Laurent, spending Rick Owens and things like that. Like, bro, don't even start that shit. Tyler, I've known Tyler since he was 16. We've been boys for a long time. He was blocked on my page because I didn't fuck with him like that. You know what I mean? I mean, he was always going on my page, leaving fucking, you know, super sus shit. And we fuck with each other all the time. It's not even about social media or nothing. Obviously, he still follows me on Twitter. It wasn't about that. I had blocked him. And I unblocked him recently. That's my dog. Tyler would never spend money if he thought he was getting fucked over. He knew what the quality was. Bro, the fucking crazy part is 90% of the jewelers that you see on Instagram are selling CVDs. They're selling Clarity Enhanced Diamonds. They're selling HPHT Diamonds. They're on that bullshit. They're the ones fucking people over Livingston. All right? So you got me fucked up. You're saying you think I'm a savant, bro? Bro, you're a retard, period. I don't care if anyone takes it the wrong way or whatever the fuck it is. That is exactly the specific, perfect noun to give you, okay? What really bothered me is you did some shit that only the police would do and only a bitch would do. You got real bitch tendencies, how the fuck do you screenshot a DM from January 2017? You screenshot a DM, bro, and you put, what? that's some real fed shit. That's some real whole gossip bitch shit. And then the fucked up part about it is, it's like me and Jimmy known each other for 20 years. And we cool, man. This is a good place. And that brings up like a weird, weird time. And like, yo, you think that's going to do something for me? It's all good, man. It might put a little fucking sour taste in my mouth. And it might be, you know, be like, damn, man, we just got, we've been past this. But I'm going to tell you, you are a total loser, bro. You are a fucking geek. You ain't tough. You ain't nothing, bro. You have not been in fights. You are just straight up a bitch. You an instigator. That's all you are. You five foot eight, 200 fucking 60 pounds. You ain't shit, dog. You ain't got no bread. You ain't really doing it like that. You don't have no fucking 8,500 fucking square foot house and then you're closing in five days. Bro, stop it, all right? And I don't even flex paper like that. Don't even let me get started on what my kids' tuitions run like. What my fucking car insurance? My car insurance is more than what you make in a month. That's what, you really wanna go there? Do you wanna go there with this shit? And I'm on my, like I'm on, a, we're during the COVID time. Don't really, like I will fucking clown you, bro. You don't want to start on real estate and what I got in the garage and what other toys and what, what I got in art and stuff like that. It's a different level. You ain't even fucking anywhere near that. You trying to flex on Freddie? Bro, Freddie spent more, but he's a, he has more shit than you probably have ever had, okay? And you know what? It's sad that you even have a platform. That's why motherfuckers was so heavy in my DMs and people were like, yo, bro, uh, it's got to stop. Like this dude got nothing cracking. He got nothing positive to say about anything, bro. You know, I don't use that word cancel, bro. I just want to say that's the last I'm going to say, right? If you got something to rebut after you listen to all of this and you have something to say about this right here, bro, man, you there's nothing you can say. I'm bulletproof when it comes to this because I entered the game making mistakes here and there, left and right, but never on some racist shit, never on some fuck shit, never on some unfair shit. I never stole, never cheated, never lied to nobody, bro. You are the total opposite of me, bro. You're a peon, but I have to let people know. This, you weren't worth an emergency podcast episode. I wanted people to know off top that you're a piece of shit and that you're a real scumbag. You call me scum, bro? You must be fucking crazy, bro. You have no fucking idea what I've done for the fucking earth. All right, you just, man, it's sad. And that's it with that. I got my man Freddie Gibbs coming on the show. He's going to bless the mic. And uh, to lighten up the mood, I got my man LL. And you want to talk about some real music and some real production on some real hip-hop producer shit? My man Lakey Link got them beats, man. So Lakey, yo, do me a favor, man. Hit me off with something, and we'll, we'll be right back with Freddie Gibbs. I'm very excited to introduce you all to our newest sponsor, Theragun. The stress of daily life weighs on us all. 
whether you're an elite athlete or entrepreneur or just a regular person trying to get through the day. Muscle pain and muscle tension is a real thing. I battle it every single day. That's why I use Theragun, the handheld percussive therapy device that releases your deepest muscle tension using a scientifically calibrated combination of depth, speed, and power. And it's as quiet as an electric toothbrush. That's because the all new Gen 4 Theragun has a brushless motor that's so quiet, you'll even wonder if it's on. All while you soothe your aching muscles with Theragun's signature power, amplitude, and effectiveness. Try Theragun risk-free for 30 days. There is no substitute for Theragun Gen 4. Starting at only $199 for a limited time, an investment in your well-being. Go to theragun.com baller right now and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. I can't recommend Theragun enough. I use mine every day, all the time, at home, and on the go. That's theragun.com baller. Theragun.com baller. Yo, yo, you were listening to Behind the Baller. This is episode 95, the Teletubby edition. We got my motherfucking dog, my bro, my twin, actually. You know what I'm saying? In the house, man. What up, Freddie Gibbs? What's good, bro? Yes, sir. What's good, brother? Chilling, man. My boy Ben Baller, behind the ball. I see what you're doing with this podcast. It's tight, man. All right, man. Appreciate it, bro. We almost on 100 episode, man. It's a big milestone, you know? Like, oh, damn. That's crazy. I took this shit serious. Um, bro, I've known you almost 10 years. I just realized that now. You know, I met you on Fairfax. I know, man. Hey, Zai, hey, man. I've been out here living in L.A. 10 plus years, man. So, you know. Getting to it, dog. You know what I'm saying? Cop and jury. Yeah, you bet. Hey, we're gonna get into it. We will get into that in a minute. So you, uh, I know you grew up in Gary, Indiana, right? Yes, sir. But how come everyone associates you with Chicago so much? Because Gary, right next to Chicago, so you know it's kind of like the same shit. You know what I mean? We like ten minutes, ten fifteen minutes away. So you know what I mean? Same gang, same shit, same teams, all that shit. So. You know, it's it's right there. So it's family, you know. By the way, shout out to all my Chicago killers, my boy Bird. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, shout out to Bird. Bird the homie. I fuck with Bird. That's my fam, you know, and uh what is the homie. (laughs) Every time I'm in the shy, man, he got me good. So look, man, let's stop playing games. First of all, you know what? Actually, I'm sorry. Congrats on signing to a major, bro. I didn't even know that. I kinda you know. Um also, oh, congrats on Alfredo. If you guys haven't, yo, go get that Alfredo album with my boy Alchemist. Um, yeah. Freddie, I don't know if you know this. I've known Alchemist for 30, 33 years, 34 years we've been friends. I know. That's that's crazy, dog. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Y'all, yeah. y'all been in, in, in the trenches. Like I said, man, I know you, you, you've been, motherfuckers don't know, you've been in the game since the Dre day. So, you yeah. know. You know? Shit, yeah, so yeah, of course. Since easy E days even, you know what I'm saying? Easy like, E days, right, <laughs> exactly. So, shit, motherfuckers know, man. Like, me and Alchemist, that was a... That was a clean link up right there, man. You know, like I said, he's one of the greatest producers of all time. So it was it was nothing for me to go in and, you know, go to rap school at his studio and, you know, and learn how to be a better rapper. Him and Madlib, they really, like, you know, helped me, like, you know, yeah, that's real set LA. my game up a little bit. That's real L.A. When I was talking about earlier in the intro of the show and I was talking about bars and I was talking about spitting and talking about that type of shit. Like, bro, you never going to catch Gibbs on, like, even on the Treated Crew mixtape, Gibbs was spitting. You know what I'm saying? He was spitting on anything. He just... It's crazy. I think that, you know, I mean, I take pride in, you know, have, having bars, especially in an era right now where, you know, it ain't that many cats with it. I think that everybody, you know, um, it's crazy, you know what I mean? And it might sound weird, but everybody's kind of like monetizing music. Does that make sense to you? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like everybody kind of like, you know, kind of conforming to, you know, what they got to conform to, to, you know, to, the, to the, get the labels to push. I mean, look. It's one thing if you want to sell merch to get units, and I get it. Right. But at the end of the day, like, bro, are you selling merch or are you selling records? Are you, are you like, are you a rapper or are you? I mean, some people are just entertainers. They just want to live. They want to, you know, they want to portray a lifestyle that they've seen on TV or seen on the internet, whatever. And you know how watered down it's been over the last thirty years. How much? It's come on, man. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you look at the game, man. Like, you know, it, it's it's very different. I think that it, 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 in some ways it got better for the artists because. Uh, 
you know, like like you said in the in the beginning of the show, like bro, I I've been in the game ten plus years. I just signed to a major. You know what I mean? When I was on the freshman cover on Double XL, I wasn't even on a major label yet. So you know what I mean? Like so, I've been grinding, and I I found a lot of innovative ways for independent artists to make some money in the game. You know what I mean? So I, I'm kind of like a trailblazer in, in on that side of I things. I mean, there's I a say. a lot of people like to use the word they model. Like, they'd be like, oh, coronavirus, there's a model for this. Uh, wear the mask for this tongue. Stay away from people 14 days. You've set up a model for what an independent artist should do, like to get money, too. Because think about it, bro. Like, I'm not saying that you can't win on a major. Right. But when you're going against a machine that has certain things set up, they're going to have, for someone who has nothing, you already built it. So you knew what the advantages were. You knew what the disadvantages were, I'm sure, going in. I mean, me being an ex-record executive. Right. At that point, I would tell people, nah, man. Your advantage is to keep doing what you're doing. Now, the deals that they're giving out now, it, during my day, shit, bro, you, you would live, <laughs> you you could eat. Uh, you know, they'd right. never even think about touching merch or touring or fucking, like, bro, you could get paid. You know, like now right. it's, it's fucking disgusting, but it's a different world. But anyways. Um, yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a 360 type of thing. And like, really, you know what I mean? To be honest, like, man, you got to go in and and do a partnership with a label. You can't do a straight record deal anymore because that makes no sense. You know what I mean? Because the really these niggas don't even have ARs working at the label. It's like the ANR is an obsolete, you know what I mean, uh, kind of job. So you know, like they don't do things and put things in place to break an artist, so to speak. You kind of got to break yourself, man, and then go to the label to, you know, for like reinforcement shit and promotion and all of that. You know what I mean? You can't lean on them. You know what I mean? When you lean on them, that's why you got these niggas that come out and then oh they then they mad at the record label like oh my label didn't do shit blah 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 like man really it's not it's on you to be honest it is. you know what i'm saying at the end of the day you know they tell you you're a grown man at 18 but really motherfuckers have no idea like if you didn't read i mean bro it's not if you're serious about this hey man take some time off the internet take some time off your phone why don't you spend maybe two days reading a fucking book everything you need to know about the market business understand right. that it, it'll right. teach you all the, even the legal issues, like what your publishing splits are, what you should be looking forward to. And then you'll realize, oh, well, shit, I accepted this, this, and this. I got these chrome art chains. I got this right. fucking Ben Baller chain, blah, 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 whatever. Like, are they going to recoup all that? Right. Correct. They're definitely going to recoup all of that. And uh, I want to say this about a lot of artists, you know what I mean, from, you know, your era from back in the day. Like, uh, a lot of those guys didn't foresee the streaming era. You know what I'm saying? Because they don't own a lot of the masters on their records. And like, you know, of course, you know, in 96, some motherfuckers didn't think there was going to be a Spotify, Apple Music and Tidal. You know what I mean? You didn't know that your music was going to be, that was going to be the platform that you had, you know, get it from. So it's like, you know, it's kind of fucked up for a lot of our favorite artists because we streaming their music every day, but they're not getting paid off of it. It is fucked up. You know, it's it. There's so, a lot of there's a lot of fucked up things that we got. I mean, look, Freddie, I'm gonna be I'm gonna keep it 100 with you real quick. All right, and this is like I don't really talk about jewelry on this show. It's a business podcast, and I'm gonna tell you the truth. Everyone thinks, and we'll get into that in a second. But like some dumbass motherfuckers that are fake DJs and bloggers that are talking about like, oh, you steal from the culture and this that. And I'm, I'm being real with you, bro. Look, man, mm-hmm. they don't know so much about what I've done in my life and everything else, and like. Look, man, there's so many people that don't even understand how this really works the business-wise. They think like, I'm not going out there telling people or enforcing somebody, oh, you better buy this shit. I'm not going out there lying to nobody. I've, I've built a luxury brand. I've made, my namesake is important now. I can't go out there and fucking, and have these fools look, looking at me crazy. But now back in the A&R days, you know, I mean, bro, like it is really bad that we stream in people's music and things like that. And, and they're not getting their paper and, and the publishing deals that these people did um, sign their life away for, you know, a couple hundred grand and certain things. It's just like, I think the people who did that are worse than the police. I'm being serious right. with you. Like the guys who, who took advantage of the people, those are the people that should be exposed and shit like that. And, you know, that's, I got out the business was like, all right, boom. So with that said, I was in a rap game professionally from what, 94 to 2004, so a good decade, right? When I left, I didn't want to think about, bro, I listen to Bob Marley. I listen to old shit. Like, I don't even listen to because it just depresses me, right? But shout out to right. you, shout out to Griselda Records, you know, West Side Gun and all them dudes are doing it. But anyways, I only have kind of like, and I don't want to use the word weird, but like, 
I have a lot of friends who are rappers who want to be on the show. Drake's my boy, you know, whatever. Kid Cudi's my boy. But I've only had Lil B on the show because Lil B was kind of like, he's not weird, but he's alternative. You feel me? Like he's a, right. he's, a, he's like an idiot savant genius in a way, but then the, the same time. God. Yeah, it's the base God. So I was in San Francisco one day, I had him on the show. So out of almost a hundred episodes, you the first rapper that I've had on the show. Like, you know, he is, but you know what I'm saying? But okay, the second technically, but you the first, because right. we go, you know, getting some shit. So with that Come said, on, behind the baller, baby. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited about it, man. Let's get right into this shit. Like, where the fuck did the beef start? I just logged in two days ago. I get on my Twitter and I see him. You talk about <laughs> you go make you go squeeze his nipples or some shit. I was like, listen, what's going on? So I just went to your page completely and started right. seeing. I was like, I was like 40 minutes late from the first tweet. And I'm like, what the fuck? How did the beef start with Fat Boy? Really, to be honest, this shit started. It started brewing a couple of weeks ago when I sent out a tweet saying that if you were on Crime Stoppers, you were a snitch. You know what I mean? Now, you know, that day I had been seeing a lot of Crime Stopper shit come across the timeline. So I was just like, you know, if you do that, you know, you kind of a snitch. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I didn't direct it at nobody per se. You know, it was just something that I said. Now, you know, he tried to, like, connect that to, uh, I guess, Gunna or T.I., whoever. You know what I mean? Like, you know, people was talking about or he was talking about. And trying to basically say that, oh, oh man, Freddie Gibbs don't keep that same energy with these rappers, you know what I mean? Or, or be specific, basically trying to say I was a bitch. And I was just like, look, my nigga, like, I don't, you know, I just made a statement. I wasn't, you know, specifically speaking on anybody, but, you know, you a bitch, though, you know what I mean? For trying to, you know, perpetuate that, you know, but anybody who, you know, if the shoe fit, wear it. I don't give a fuck. You know, anybody that know me know that I ain't got no filter for none of these niggas. So that that's where it started at. Now, you know what I mean? That it was, you know, I say nothing about academics for like two weeks. I did an interview with Bootleg Kev and he asked me about Jeezy. I gave my opinion on that. And then academics just, you know, took it upon himself to, you know, defend him. And like he caught these bullets. You know, he tried to jump in <laughs> he tried to jump in some shit and say some shit that didn't really evolve him. And, you know, and basically say that I was irrelevant, broke, all of this shit. You know what I mean? And I'm like, bro, my you know, my son room bigger than your house, dog. So it's just like, what are you, what are you talking about? So, you know, academics, you know what I mean? Like, really, to be honest, man, a motherfucker like him shouldn't even really be talking about rap. It's like, why? I don't even know why you qualify. Like, you're not a DJ. You're not an A&R. You're not an artist. You've never, like, really put anything into the game. You're not a journalist. I've never read anything that you've written about music. So it's just like, why am I, you know, so I don't even, so niggas like that just need to just not. But it's true, like, though. And the labels are paying niggas like that to talk about artists. You know what I'm saying? He just like a gossiper. He like, you know, he he like bossing for some shit. Gossip girl. You know what I mean? So I don't really pay a motherfucker like that. But the no thing mind. is this, bro. Look, this was crazy. He's a fucking gamer. This dude copy and pastes. I mean, he's never broken a story. Maybe because he knows 6 9 and they'll go make content. But he's never right. broken a story. Like, you ain't going to catch. Like, this dude's going to go to Baller Alert. He's going to go to TMZ. He's going to go to uh, Shade Room. And like maybe some hip hop site, right. and then whatever he sees there, he's taking it, boom, put it on his site, because he has a bigger platform, which is sad to say. Right. But like, I don't, cause bro, I was a DJ, fam. I was Redman and Keith Murray's DJ. I was one of the, the best rappers in the history of of rap. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're, you know, you know how fucking serious you had to be as a DJ. We didn't have Serato back then, bro. You had to be right. raw, or you was gonna get right. laughed out. The, you know, you had there was dudes out there that was. Literally world champions. So like, I don't know much about dude, but he obviously don't know much about me, right? You obviously know some history of me somehow, some way. Yes. And I want you to be honest. I want you to keep a G with me, bro. Not because we know each other, because we cool. For just straight up, 100. Do you think in any which way, and I've never fucking asked anybody this question before on the show, you guys, just so you know. Do you think I'm a fucking, in any way, could you see him calling me a cultural vulture? How do you feel about that? I mean, you got a business and people patronize it, my nigga. So I don't look at, you know, if a motherfucker spend his whole advance on a chain from you, then that's his fault. <laughs> you know but the thing is, look at, bro, bro, I don't let people do that. Like, I'll be real. Even like I had this conversation with YG when he got his first deal. I had this conversation with Uzi. You know, I was like, all right, well, tell me what you're working with. You know, And then I like, because I'm being, I don't want to be that dude, you know? 
Like you got to have something left to do, whatever you got to do, take care of your moms. You know, you want to get a cool whip. You want to get, don't let it be here. And that's me, bro, because I was in the game, you know? Motherfuckers got to learn, though, Ben. If they don't learn, that's on them, though. They got to understand, you know what I mean? Like you said, man, you running a business. For sure. You know what I mean? So it is what it is, you know? Shit, I'm just saying I've been blessed to eat, so I don't have to take their jobs. I turn people down all the time. I'm booked until 2021, you know? I'm just saying, when he says that, he says it one way in the money part, but I'm talking about on the cultural part, like as far as like hip-hop in general. He doesn't know how deep I run back in this since the 70s, bro. You know, I've been, you know, I'm saying from what you know, from people, you know, who've been around me, who know me when I'm in the streets, bro, I never had no security in my life in L.A., bro. Compton, Slauson, you feel me? Never, you never see me pull up with no security. Never, ever, bro. And I'm a fucking one of the most famous jewelers in the world. You never. And I never been pressed ever. And I take pride in that because I always show love to the streets and I grew up in the hood. Right. So what I'm asking is like, you know, when this dude's talking about hip hop, African-Americans, I'm taking like, like, really, bro? I mean, bro, like a motherfucker. I mean, what does he represent for African Americans? I mean, you know, shit. I mean, for one dog, you running around with a snitch. You know what I'm saying? So anything really you got to say is like invalid. You know, so I mean, it is what it is. Like a guy like that, can, you know, like you can't speak on uh, anybody's moral fabric. You know what I mean? When yours is, uh, you know, kind of hanging out that dry. You know, so I don't really, man, fuck academics. That nigga's a bitch. And, you know, he's talking. <laughs> He was talking about my kids, man. That's why I'm not gonna let up on his ass. He oh, said wait a second, he was? Yeah, he said he he said, I don't care about your daughter, your son. He was like, I'll come to your house and put your mother out. I was like, oh, oh man. So it's shit. like, you know, you know, you know where I'm from, man. You know, you don't talk like that. So it's all good. I'm not gonna sit up and threaten academics or anything like that, my nigga. Like I, you know, this that's he's no match for me physically. So, you know, I'm just gonna keep dragging him, you know, till he, you know, yeah. it's funny as becomes funny. irrelevant. Yeah, I mean, even his little side bitch, whatever the fuck that dumbass bitch's name is, she's... Oh, uh, yeah. But, like... Did Offset fuck that bitch? I have no... Dog, I don't know, bro. I, I'll be honest with you. I don't know much. You know, the funny part is, she been on my show. She did some shit and talked about Donald Trump Jr. and a bunch of other people's in her DMs, and she was like, yo, this is going to be the best show you ever had, blah, blah. To be completely honest with you, it was, like, the lowest rated show I ever had. And, bro, I'm in the fucking top charts every week. I never heard of that bitch ever yeah, in my life. Yeah, I, I never met her before my entire life. Um, have you ever met academics before? Yes, I did. I met that nigga in LA at a Grammy party, and he was all uh, he was all handshakes and hugs. He was none of that, none of that energy at all. So, you know, what it was all love. Everything, all love, and it's, and it's gonna be and it's gonna be that way when I see him again. It's gonna be the same thing. So, oh, you think you he's know, just gonna, gonna be on some like oh, it's all you know? Oh yeah, he he gonna shake my hand and smile, and I ain't gonna do nothing to him. I'm gonna let him breathe, but I'm you know, but I'm gonna let him know like, hey man. You know, they're saying what you want to do. So it is what it is. Nah, I mean, I'm, I'm just like, look, bro, I, in the intro of this show, I already went and said my piece. So I'm glad, you know what I'm saying? You keep on. I just want these labels. I just want these regular labels to stop paying pussy niggas like academics to promote their artists, dog. Like, for real, dog. Because that's really what it is. Like, these labels empower niggas like him to make him feel like he can talk to motherfuckers any kind of way. But he really can't, though. So, you know, but it's, it is what it is. So. I mean, bro, for him to get. Look, man, I've never watched really any of his videos before. I've never watched his YouTube until somebody who's a very high up executive in the music business. People was DMing me shit left and right. He's talking about, oh, I know a lot of rappers that want to talk about you. The reason why you ain't exposed is because it's some famous rappers that still fuck with you. Like, bro, there's no reason why nobody wouldn't fuck with me. I've been good to everyone. I've donated. I've done everything I needed to do. I've gone above and beyond my call of duty as... I have Asians mad at me because I, I've done more for black people they feel like. You know what I mean? And they're like, I'm like, I didn't grow up around Asians, though. We didn't have the same interests. Like, you guys didn't listen to hip-hop until fucking 2010. You know what I'm saying? Like, where the fuck was you in 92, 91? Where was you in 86? But going on, I can't believe I got him that mad for him to be that drunk and screaming at me like that and going crazy. I'm like, oh, bro. Yeah. Yeah, he was tripping that night, man. We really struck a nerve on him, man. So, you know, yeah, yeah. the motherfucker probably on suicide watch right now. So somebody needs to go check him. Okay, he on some crazy shit. But on to the better things, on the bigger and better things. It's because I've never interviewed a rapper. And I'm, I'm sorry to say it like that. I mean, I know you way more than that. You're a businessman. By the way, anyone listening to this right now, understand that Freddie has not dropped like two, three, eight bands, 10 bands. He's dropped racks with me like Mercedes oh, yeah. Benz car money and it was nothing it wasn't even for him you know what I'm saying and he was it was like nothing dude didn't even like 
I was like, all right, we'll pull up with 60%, boom. And then, yeah, pulled up with sitting, then boom, you gave me the rest. And it was like, it was just love. And I never really tried to engage or like force a fake friendship with you. We just always had respect. I always knew who you were in the streets, you know, and you was always funny. It was one of my best friends who actually kept posting your Instagram stories. I'm like, yo, this Freddie's really crazy like this. I'm like, he's like, bro, he's the illest <laughs> motherfucker when it comes to his stories are crazy. So you just been having me dying for the last 48 hours. Um, yeah, man. My question is like, where do you see yourself? You're 38 now, right? Yeah. Where do you see yourself in like even five to seven years? When you're 45, what would you like to? Where would you ideally like to be? Really, though, to be honest, man, I'm uh, going into this acting thing right now. You know what I mean? And uh, going into the next phase of my career with that, with the acting, and uh, you know, I'm gonna uh, get into the executive phase of my career too. You know, signing some artists and stuff like that, man. So. You know, uh, I'm at a uh, I'm in a good position in my career right now, man. So I'm um, just gonna keep you know spreading the love and you know keep getting it back. Have you uh, what have you been in? Have you been in any movies? I'm sorry, dog. I'm I'm just I'm not, not yet, not yet, not yet, not yet. I'm um, I just got a lead role for a film that I'm about to shoot in October, and uh, you know a couple other things uh coming up. But uh, yeah, man, I'm about to really get into acting real heavy, and uh, that's that's you know that's probably not gonna be my main focus for next year. You know, what I mean, I got a lot of music already recorded and uh you know that's moving so uh once uh this quarantine is over and i get back touring you know it'll be it'll be all legit i mean bro i remember when you was when you met me you told me that someone asked you about me in customs somewhere like in germany or some shit and i was like oh fuck i, I don't remember what the story was but you were out and in, internationally 10 years ago you feel me like people oh, yeah. there's yeah, motherfuckers man, who can't I mean, even get you know they can't even do a show in their own fucking state like the northern part of their state like you know, a lot of motherfuckers, dog. I mean, I see a lot of motherfuckers that's like, you know, coming to the game and they really just like local artists, to be honest. You know what I mean? So, you know, I've been I've been putting in work for a long time now. And, uh, you know, I think that it's it's finally getting recognized, you know, and that's good, man. I'm still, you know, I'm still young. I still got my uh, I still got the energy to really do this shit the way I want to do it. So that's a good thing. You know, I feel like I'm in the prime of my career right now. So I'm, uh, you know, really about to with my next album, I'm going to really shake shit up, you know. Freddie, look, man, don't let these young motherfuckers say crazy shit. I'm going to be honest with you. Not that you yeah. you don't know that. I'm saying I didn't turn up till 40. You feel me? Like I became a millionaire at 31 from selling my sneaker collection. Okay. But I didn't turn up like my whole life turned up at 40. Bro, at 45, people are like, yo, look, at if you're 25, you old, you 30, you, you washed up. 40, forget about it, bro. At 45, the fucking Ferguson Plain Jane sound came out. Like, I was like 44, 45. I was beyond lit. Then I trademarked the term. Then I started creating a brand. Every year, it get better. So right now, 38, I couldn't imagine me being 38. I'm washed as fuck right now. 38, bro, you got, you gonna have your own production. I mean, whole label, production company for fucking movies, everything. You gonna have all that shit. Yeah, and I, I feel like, you know, like I'm at a, I'm at the time where, uh, you know, what is supposed to happen. Everything's supposed to come into play for me and I know what to do with it now, you know, as opposed to when I was 28, you know, 10 years ago, you know, I didn't really know how to run my business correctly. Now I got it, you know, I kind of got it under control. Yeah, man. You know, my last question, dog, is just, I don't mean to get political and it's not really political. It's just more on like, how do you feel about what's going on in the world right now? Forget coronavirus. I'm talking about like, what is going on right now with the racial tension the civil unrest, like how you feel about this whole thing right now? Um, I feel like, uh, you know, it's been going on for years, dog, and uh, I think that it's just, it, yeah, yeah, for, for hundreds, hundreds of years, yeah. you know what I mean? So centuries. So I think that, uh, you know, we at a time right now where everything is just coming to a head in this country, and uh, it needs to be some change. And if it's not not going to be no change, then it's going to be the same things over and over, dog. You know what I mean? So, uh, you know, right now, I think the country just bleeding right now. And uh only way to stop the bleeding is to, you know, stop the racial injustice, man. Now, uh, I like what everybody's, you know, doing right there, doing right now, committing themselves to, you know, different causes and different things, you know what I mean? But, uh, you know, right now I'm just... uh I mean, bro, what's, no, your, what's, your, what's your opinion on police? I've been very vocal. For as long as social media has been around, even Friendster, fucking MySpace, I'd be like, I don't fuck with police. I just never have. I mean, police killed my friend in 96, man. So I don't really have no, uh, 
you know, every show I do is fuck police. <laughs> so I don't, I, so I don't really have no, I don't, you know, I don't really got no love for authorities, you know, especially the ones that take advantage of us. You know what I mean? They don't really do nothing to help us, you know, further our cause or help our communities. You know what I mean? I think they're a cancer to the community. You know what I mean? I've seen some shit today where LA was working on some kind of like dispatched base, unarmed neighborhood watch, you know what I mean? For nonviolent crimes. I think that's a good step. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, towards some, towards something, you know what I mean? I don't know if it's a solution. I don't know. You know what I mean? But I mean, uh, for the most part, I think it's a, it's a good step towards something, man. You got to start defunding these police forces, man. They don't need no motherfucking machine guns and all of that shit. We got the army for that. You know what I mean? They killing I mean, us every day. Bro, do you understand? I go to Korea twice a year. I go to fucking Hong Kong. I go to. Do you know that all these Asian countries, the police don't even have guns. London, England, motherfucker. You know, London is a fucking. That, that's a. They ain't like some, you know, midwestern, you know, bumfuck Egypt town. This is a, you know, this is a an epicenter, enormous metropolitan, you know, city, yeah, country, and they got no. The, the police got no guns. Right. Exactly. And the only time the police in London. And all of those European countries have guns like that is when it's a terrorist threat or something like that. But that's nature. like a specialty like unit, you know, that's like a yeah, different... Yeah, that's a special unit, yeah. The regular police just walking down, police in the street, no, they don't have guns, no. So, they couldn't have that in their country, you know, murdering people, that'd be, a, you know, that, that's crazy, you know? Yeah. Hey, one thing I really appreciate is when, when I do randomly catch you vibing out in your car or whatever with the kids, bro, my kids are my life. I don't know if, you know what I'm saying, like, if you watch any of my, like, anyone who's been following me since my first son, like, they're in my, every day, I'm, I'm a big part of the life, I'm very active in my children's life, and I see that with you too, so it, it makes me, I mean, I remember when you had your daughter, and, you know, um, it's just admirable, bro, and I appreciate it, not only that, when I hear the music in the background, it's always some fly shit, it could be some fucking Bobby Womack, it could be Teddy Pendergrass, it could be Isley Brothers, it would be the old shit, you know, I, I appreciate that yeah. you, that you like the, you know, the, yeah. the real OG shit, um, before I let you go, bro, this, the question I ask every guest who comes on this show is, is there anything you want to ask me? Oh, man. Damn. <laughs> Damn. Everyone That's gets this question, good. bro. <laughs> That's a good question. Man, she really shit. I just want to know the price of the diamonds, really. <laughs> I want to get some of that. I want to get man. some of that ice. That's why I hit you early about that. It's yeah, okay, no, man. I'm trying to. Yeah. I'll try to get that thing, man. Let's but, get up uh, this weekend, you know, man. We'll get up this weekend, and um, and I'll, I'll bring you a few of them, uh, them little uh, the stud chains, the diamond chain, tennis chains, and uh. Definitely, let's do it, man. I got to. I'm about to jump back in the game on these niggas real quick for the summer. Hey, bro. Look, man. Let them know. I don't. I don't even know where the fuck that. Bro, how do you call even like? Saying John Legend flopped at twenty, like bro, you lost your mind, bro. Like, <laughs> dog, the numbers don't, like, you can't just go off first week sales and certain things. Like, do you understand how long some people stay? Like, it's just, bro. Bro, he support a lot of artists that flop. So I mean, for him to say uh, a legend, no pun intended, like John Legend is a flop. I mean, you know, whatever. You know, like I said, man, a guy like academics, his musical opinion. Doesn't matter, and this shit gonna keep going. His with life opinion him. don't matter. His lifestyle opinion no, don't no. matter. He's just a terrible man. But anyways, Not at all. ladies and gentlemen, that's my man Freddie Gibbs, Gangsta Gribbs. Yes, hey man, I really ball, appreciate man. you, fam. Um, appreciate you, man. Keep on balling, baby. You already know. <laughs> I'm gonna catch you in the streets, fam. Yes, sir. So yo, man, uh, let's take a little break. We'll come right back. Yo, Miles, hit me off with some of that Lakey Lake. You're back, man. I got that negativity out of the system, but I had to break down all facts. It was just sad that that dude, um, you know, I, we don't need to get into that anymore. Look, man, let's get on some positive shit. I spoke to my man Cuddy yesterday. Um, I was talking to, to Scott for like almost an hour, man. It was crazy. You know, we, when we get on the phone, man, it's like it's never going to be a short conversation. We just start vibing and I think on some Aquarius shit. But, um, you know, he's talking about the podcast and he's real serious about it. And uh, I didn't really know what to think. You know, when he mentioned that, I didn't really hit him up. And, um, we had not uh, touched base. We kind of missed each other a couple times after he had mentioned it the first time. And then um, he caught me uh, when I was signing some cards. And I was like, yo, let me catch up with my boy and see what's good. And he's real serious about this podcast. The thing about this podcast is 
and I've already spoke a little bit about it, I think he's going to do a lot of good for like humans, not just on the mental health level. I just think that, you know, it's a great platform for Cuddy to enter in. I think he's such a, you know, important person in fashion, not just music. And obviously, again, mental health and things like that. And um, the combination between him, Dot, and Dennis is like amazing. Listen, man, Dennis Cummings, Cuddy's manager, this dude is, is not only is he a diehard Ohio native, he really is like a real Ohio motherfucker, you know what I'm saying? And like Dennis, besides the fact that I respect him so much and him being a noob, you know what I'm saying? And shout out to Fine New Pie, shout out to all the J5s out there and everything. Um, Dennis is a very just straight up legit fucking human being. Businessman, all about it. He is on point. He is extended to Olive Branch many times on different things, on solutions that had nothing to do with him. Just like, because I was complaining about something he tried to help me out with. Dude is a good, solid person. I don't think Cuddy could have a better fucking manager. And I really respect dude. Now, Dot is crazy. You know, I met Dot the same time I met Cuddy. Or no, I'm sorry, I met Cuddy way back. But I'm talking about like when I started kicking with Cuddy and I'll go to the studio, I would see Dot. And Dot is like, you know, he's very soft-spoken. He's, he's quiet, he don't say a lot. But when he's, the more I hear him talk, the more I realize how interesting he is and how fucking kind and how just, dude is just a real decent person as well too. And he's obviously a great, I would love to know what Dot's true loves are in music you know, and a little bit more about his background, things like that. I think this is just going to be a hit podcast show. I think it's going to be a smash hit. You know, I don't know how many times he's going to end up doing it, maybe a couple times a month. I'm not sure. We didn't get into that, but I give all my blessings. I'm, I'm excited. He's like, yo, I can't wait to have you on the show. I can't wait to be on it. I can't wait to have Cuddy on the show. So again, man, this is dope. And he's got a lot of shit coming out, man. He's got all kinds of stuff going out. On to another thing, man. Takashi Murakami posted a very sad story the other day. And uh, I kind of overlooked it and I feel bad because we're kind of in, we're in conversation and now it sounds super insensitive because surprisingly he's been a very big supporter of mine and he's helped me tremendously in, in a certain part of the world, in the art world and stuff. And uh, we've done, you know, several collaborations. I just finished one of, uh, an amazing collaboration with Jay Balvin, which I'm going to post like in the next few days, if not maybe even tomorrow, I don't know, but soon. And, um, it's crazy because he has so many businesses, you know, he has, he's very successful. He has anything down from, you know, an item that's $50, $60 and all the way up to a couple million, you know, sculptures and things like that. And he had his Kai Kai Kiki gallery. And because of COVID-19, the company was bleeding and um, he had to claim bankruptcy on the shop. And it's really embarrassing. It's really sad that he had, well, I mean, he was humble and he just said it. And it's just, it kind of bums me out because I, I don't think he should even talked about it, but he did. And uh, I had to message him immediately. I'm like, hey, listen, I'm so sorry what's going on. I'm talking about these pieces that we're making. And, you know, um, I know that COVID fucked up our projects for this year. And I know that was, uh, you know, another bag for him. But I don't think that was even an issue. I don't think he's financially fucked up. I don't think that at all. I just think he had a lot of love that was going into that gallery. And um, he had a couple passion projects like this doc, uh, this sci-fi series that he's doing or the movie or something. And, you know, that took a lot of his time and money and things. So it's just, it's unfortunate. And, um, I can't wait to show this fucking J Balvin, Murakami, Ben Baller collaboration, jewelry pieces that we done. We did 10 chains and um, I got uh, these upcoming collaborations. I told them, I said, reached out, I said, look, we're going to do these collaborations still. If we got to do it online, we're going to figure it out. So if you can, man, show Takashi Murakami some love, man. He's an OG. He's, he's just nothing but a great person, man. Um, speaking of more shout outs, uh, Grant Eastie, my trainer. I don't know if I want to call him my trainer. There's only been a few times where we worked out together, but... Grant's a good dude from Seattle, like I said, and I just found out that he's super tight with my boy Kel from Seattle. Kel is a radio personality in Seattle, and um, we did a commercial together about 10 years ago. Good dude. Again, man, it's, um, Grant is a great person. That, that's one thing. It's like sometimes he's like, hey, man, this guy's no nonsense. He's just fucking military style. He's like, fuck this. You do this, and this, this, this. And, you know, this is how, you know, you, he does workouts and that's how we do. Dude actually cares about, you know, where you are mentally. Like he wants to know everything about like where you are, where your head is at and get inside your headspace so you can be on some positive shit. And that's just, that's what Grant, man. Grant Eastie, man. Thank you very much again for yesterday. I appreciate you, bro. Um, on to other things. I've been getting nothing but I might have had more DMs about Norton than I did about fucking um, academics. But Norton, um, 
he's in a dark place. I, I, I'll be honest with you. Um, there's a couple things that I can't do. Um, Norn has been hanging out, you know, with random people here and there. I'm not saying he's hanging with bad people, but, you know, he's um, not wearing a mask. And uh, he's just picked up some habits that uh, I'm not too happy of. And I can't really go over there and smack the shit out of him or go give him a hug or anything like that. And um, it's uh, I got to protect my son, uh, London. And uh, so my assistant has offered a couple times. And um, I've just been talking to a lot of people. And he's just upset about a whole bunch of things. And... Um, actually concerned now so I, i'm trying to figure out a way um you know I, I talk to him as much as i can so i know that he's all right somehow or at least know what status he's at and uh in his head and everything and um i just gotta say norton i love you and you're such a talented fucking kid bro you're you're sometimes you make me worried about my kids being successful at a young age because you know you end up having eight figures before you turn 21 and it's like fuck bro you know you you own, you know, um, a hundred million plus dollar company, you know, it's a hundred million dollars, man, you know, you're a young dude, you're 20 fucking three, it's, it's, it's crazy, you know, you just, you have so much life ahead of you, man, all this shit will pass, I promise, and anybody going through a dark time right now, it will pass, I've always said this in the, the worst times of people's lives, I said, man, yo, tough times don't last, tough people do, and, I mean, you already know. I'm going to do what I can, and uh, there's not many options left. So, you know, I just um, pray for my boy Norton, too. And with that said, uh, Gavin Newsom yesterday laid down the, he laid down a little, little um, the fuck is a small little hammer called? Like, not even a chisel. He basically, look, man, he called 19 counties. He canceled the fucking indoor dining, movie theaters, gyms, shit like that. Yo, man. We can't flatten this curve. And people got this shit on some political shit. It's not political. It's just science. I, one of my homeboys, man, works for World Star. Um, in fact, I'm just going to call him out. My boy Rambo. He's I love him. I love his brother and I love him. And he's just been, he's on this conspiracy thing with like the mask being wrong and this and that. They don't help. Like, bro, I've seen it firsthand. They help. I, I've seen it like scientifically help. <laughs> it's not any other thing. I don't know what the fuck. Now, now again, do I fuck with Bill Gates? No. Am I going to fuck with the vaccine? No. Are there other shit going on? Maybe so. Is it connected to COVID? Absolutely not. Not at all. Okay. And now the Bill Gates thing could be here and there in a, in a, in a big scheme of pictures and the other part, but I'm talking about what's going on is real. And yes, it really exists. People are dying. People are sick. And um, the numbers are rising like a motherfucker. They're starting to get heavy as fuck. You think people want to be in the fucking streets and, and me not be at home and locked in, especially people who live in smaller homes and apartments. They don't want to be locked in this shit. They don't want to be told what to do. It's a fucked up situation. So, you know, I can't explain to you guys, you know, the fucking Tulsa, Oklahoma, these motherfuckers had a 100% infection rate. Like, you know, I don't know, just that from that rally, 700 some odd people got tested and 100% came back positive. These are legitimate CDC tests too. This ain't like some at home, you know, or fucking Instagram Chinese fucking COVID tests and shit. Like these are the real deal. And tests in Arizona are hitting like 23%. It's getting bad. Numbers are getting high. We got to calm this shit down. And um, it's a fucked up situation. You know, back to the mask thing. I've been seeing these videos where this guy got, he goes, here, I have an oxygen meter. And he's not, he's not using an oxygen meter. He said he's using something more, more, a little more sophisticated. And he's like, all right, well, here, I'm going to put this mask on and I'm going to see where this is. And he goes, you should be at this level right here to, to be breathing all right. And I'm like, bro, I, I'm just wondering, are you fucking stupid or are you just dumb? My wife's cousin's an ER doctor. She has to wear the mask for 10 to 12 hours straight. I know she's out there saving lives, so it's a bigger thing. She would pass out if that was the case. It's a lot of anxiety that people who aren't used to being that in under masks. Look, man, I put a mask on my son on London, an N95 mask that fit him, and then I put the oximeter to him, and he was still running a fucking 97, 98 oxygen level, which is perfect, okay? I did it on myself, and I was running a 96, 97, which anything over 95, you're good. 99 is obviously excellent, but when I put the mask on, it did not drop me to a number. It kept the same. So anybody thinking, and I'm telling you, I got no reason to lie to you. Like, I have no agenda. I'm not selling you guys masks, you know? 
I got I got nothing to fucking gain from this. I just want you guys to be safe. And you guys think it's some political shit. It's not political when you put your seatbelt on your car, right? It's never political when you put your seatbelt on your car. You want to make sure you're safe. Well, it's the same fucking concept. Jesus Christ. Going to the hobby. This morning, I drove all the way to Orange County to get all my Dwight Goodens authenticated by Beckett. Beckett Grading is, you know, they're the most serious, prestigious company to do this shit. I was going to get the cards graded, but when I thought about it, I said, all right, well, I do a one of 50, and then I do a one of five. That's not going to make sense because when I really got into the grading talk with you guys, I figured out out of 55 or 60 cards, you know, a majority of them could be eights. When I say majority, I'm talking about like 45 cards might be eights, and the rest might be eight and a halves, you know, here and there. There might be a nine, nine and a half here, 10. It's not common. It's It's not... Likely. So it's hard to sell 50 cards in a set. And then some of these cards were graded at, you know, nine, nine and a half, maybe possibly a 10. I doubt it. And then it's eight. It's, it's, it doesn't make sense. You know, if you want to get it graded, go ahead and do it. It's fine. But I like my Ben Baller seal better. But what we're doing is Beckett is authenticating my autograph. They're certifying them. There's going to be a, a number. There's going to be, you know, like you can verify the shit. It's all legit. So my autographs are officially authenticated by Beckett Grading, all right? And shout out to my boy, Arthur, going on. So sometime tomorrow, I don't know what time, you can go to bbdtc.com and I will be selling. And now because the autographs have been authenticated, I have changed things up. Sorry. Ricky Henderson is going to be a lot rarer than people think now. Um, I'm doing a 1 to 10 because they obviously charge a service. You know, I didn't know how much it costs to get great things graded, authenticated, things like that. But it's not cheap. So to make sense, I raised the price a tiny bit, like a very tiny bit for the 1 to 10. But now you have a certificate of authenticity. You know, it's legit. Boom. You know, you have the sticker, the seal of approval. Um, I still get to use my Ben Baller sticker seal. And they're numbered. They're legit. Um, so there's going to be a 1 to 10 Ben Baller gold autograph. Okay. And then there's going to be a 1 to 50 silver bbdtc autograph and those will be both those are both they're all both those styles are officially again authenticated i'm official now with beckett grading systems it's all love um that's my dwight goodens are dropping tomorrow sometime um maybe saturday i doubt it though i'm gonna do it sometime tomorrow and when that's done Cal Ripken's going to happen. I might do a, I don't know now because this stay-at-home order or this kind of semi-stay-at-home order has shut down certain businesses. My store is still open, but if it gets any worse, that shuts down. So I got to figure out how I'm going to do this meet and greet for the Cal Ripkins. But anyways, hobby's getting crazy, man. Um, again, I, I want to say thank you again for everyone who did buy my Derek Jeter card. I did find out that I broke the single card record for any card in, in the Tops Project 2020 so far as far as just selling single cards. A lot of people bought 10 packs, 5 packs. My Jeter broke the record for single card sales. And um, the last thing, man, I ain't really been watching a whole lot of shit. I've been watching a little bit of 9 Day Fiance here and there. You know, I've been honestly entertained by Freddie Gibbs' fucking Instagram page. He's been killing me. He's been dragging that motherfucker. It's hilarious. But there is a documentary that I do want to watch and it's on the 80s band. This is during that whole modern rock type, you know, that during that era of uh, mod music and stuff and um, Valley Girl and all that shit. But the Go-Go's, this was a band I loved. I was a kid at the time. You know, when they were popping in the early 80s, I was a kid. I wasn't even a fucking teenager yet. You know, I was young. And um, they got a documentary on Showtime that I want to check out. One thing that intrigues me, it's funny, is uh, well, Belinda Carlisle, she's the lead singer of the group. She was dating Steve Sachs, who was like, the fucking Mike Trout of the Dodgers. He was the, the baddest motherfucker on the Dodgers. You know what I'm saying? He was like Cody Bellinger or whatever. And it was like, this was like a huge girl band. They were the most popping shit in LA. And then he was like, you know, the popping Dodger. It was funny. Anyways, um, another girl in the band who was kind of like more low key, she was dating a famous producer that was in a group called The Specials. And he was also in a, a group called Funboy 3. Legendary, legendary producer. And, um, she, he had a dude, dude was from London and he was dating this chick from the Go-Go's and um, she found out later that he had a serious girlfriend back in London 
And the crazy thing that got me thinking about this was <laughs> there was no cell phones back then. Do you know what I'm saying? There was literally house phones. There was no call waiting in the early 80s, all right? Like you only had letters. So they would communicate via letter, like writing each other motherfucking letters. And he wrote her a letter like, oh, I got this perfect song for you. You know, um, our lips are sealed and blah, blah, whatever. And so he wrote the song, gave it to them. It ended up being a, a go-go that was a hit. And then he had a group called Funboy 3 after the specials. The specials were a super, super fucking dope legendary ska band. Anyways, they put the song out and um, they actually end up charting higher in the UK obviously, because they're, they're very well known out there, but it was just crazy, and she found out that he had a girl, and so they had to deal with the shit via letter, like writing handwritten fucking letter, like getting a fucking pen and, and, or pencil, who fucking knows, and that shit was crazy to me when you think about kids now can text each other, you know, they send emails, they do certain things, it's quick, bro, that letter could have took a fucking 10 days, 12, 20 days to get to you, that's how shit was back in the day, you guys will understand how fucking fortunate you have it, when I think about my kids now, they're good kids. They're a little spoiled, and I really got to start to taper that down a bit because, you know, it, it worries me about their future and everything else. And, you know, um, I've been, let, you know, easing them up off the phone. We've been taking drives and stuff, and we jumped into Luso the other day and decided to go over Suicide Bridge and just take, like, nice little drives, man. And London's starting to really like being in the, in the cars and stuff, and he doesn't really care about getting a nice car. He doesn't really think about it. Ryder's the one that wants to get, like, he wants to floss and boss, you know what I'm saying? But anyways, yo, that is it. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. That's episode 95. We are close as fuck to episode 100. Who is the special guest going to be? I don't even fucking know. But it's going to be a milestone episode. And again, I appreciate everybody who supported me. I hope you guys have hit that subscribe button. This is definitely the episode that, you know, might have caught a whole different fan base. And if you rock with me, you know, stay on. Subscribe. Tell a friend. Tell a friend. All right? And uh, yeah, that's it, man. Yo, Lakey, how you doing, bro? Oh, you don't got a mic on you. Yeah, bro, do me a favor, man. Take us home, bro. That's my man, Lakey Lake, on the beat right there. All right, you guys. I'll see you for the weekend wrap-up. <laughs>